not yet, are you? I didn't think so. Morning, everybody. That was pretty good. Y'all wouldn't mind. Look, I didn't have to tell you. There's a grace that my body's
There's another in the fire Standing next to me There's another in the water Holding back the seas Should I ever need reminding How good you've been to me I count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be Count the joy come every battle, cause I know that's where you'll be. Count the joy come every battle, cause I know that's where you'll be. All right, thank you guys. Good morning, I'm glad you're here today. Today is like a, um, a real, what? <laughs> is there something going on today or church? I don't know. What's everybody got red on for? I don't know. Oh, man, you guys kill me. Uh, it may be a long sermon today, okay? Uh, no, today's exciting for two reasons. I know you're excited about the game. I am too, a little bit. Um, I wish my guys were in it. But today's Youth Sunday, and the youth take over the services and we got youth up here singing like they normally do, but uh, they're, sorry Savannah, you don't count as youth this morning, but what? Uh, I know, right? Um, but yeah, Savannah, Savannah and Elaine did a really good job this morning, my Savannah, uh, at Sunday school, and I know they, yeah, they did a good job this morning. And so after church, today's a big day, after church we, we got stuff to auction off, uh, that we'll have an auction and raise money for the youth fund, and that youth fund pays for their camps, and all their activities throughout the year. And then we got a big meal that Jody and Bridget have been working hard on um, in his smoker. And if you ever had Jody's food, you better stay for lunch. So we'll get through the auction, and then we'll eat lunch together. And then you guys can go home and get ready, okay? All right. I'm glad you're here this morning to worship our Lord and Savior. So let, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, that we're here, Lord, to worship you uh, today. That's the most important thing, that we're, that, that we're gathered as your church, Lord, uh, to worship you, to thank you, Lord, for dying for us. Uh, thank you, Lord, for, for growing us to be, be more like you. Uh, it, and, and, Lord, today we just want to worship you. I thank you, Lord, for Joel and Shelly and all the hard work that they put into our youth department and uh, the investment they're making in our children uh, today. And, and, and Lord, I, it's a huge responsibility that we have with our youth as we talk about that today. I, I pray, Lord, that we're encouraged uh, and convicted where we need to be convicted. And in all things, God, today we're giving you the praise, the glory, and the honor. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone. Oh, I need you. 
Thank you guys. You may be seated this morning. Susanna and Elijah coming up here to do announcements. Don't heckle them too bad, okay? Well, apparently we had to like share announcements is what Joel and Shelly made me do, so <laughs> looks like we're doing that. Anyway, so for the announcements, Saturday night we have freeway and it's at 5.30 p.m. and we have dinner and service. So go to freeway. It's our outreach ministry. On Wednesday night, we have dinner at 6 p.m., classes at 6.45, uh, families, youth, young adult classes, and I think they're going through, what, marriage? Yeah, marriage. No, 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 we're going through Proverbs now, oh, Proverbs. and then the ladies have a class downstairs on verse mapping. So verse mapping, how to memorize scripture, um, and then we're going through Proverbs upstairs. And then usually on Sunday nights, we have men's Bible study. And then we have discipleship at 4, 4.30 p.m. But there is no men's discipleship or men's Bible study because, you know, it's a Super Bowl. So can't say that too excited around Dad. I'll get in trouble. Um, Valerie, do you have anything on women's coffee? Grillo's. Wednesday, 8.30, Grillo's, just in case you didn't hear. Um, then we have the strawberry fundraiser. Oh, that's not a big deal. Okay, strawberry fundraiser, and then Dana or Tammy, do you have anything to say? Okay, and then I think Tammy wants to pass this little clipboard around if you didn't get a chance to buy one, so we'll do that. But pick them up. Okay, uh, Wednesday, February 1st, uh, Proverbs by David Jeremiah is upstairs. The Ladies' New Class by Brenda Cook is verse mapping. It's also on Wednesday, February 1st. It started then. It started, oh, okay. it started February 1st. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Why is it like that? We don't have any time transports here this morning. It's Dad's fault because Dad wrote these announcements, and he put, like, February 1st like it hasn't already been here but it's been here anyways they started we're gonna blame it on dad we're not gonna blame it like we messed it up so Wednesday the first they they already started the study up here on Proverbs by David Jeremiah and then downstairs Brenda Cook is doing the verse mapping so you can still join in and come to those classes and then today is you Sunday so we have lunch in the auction after church uh, Saturday, February 18th is men's prayer breakfast at 8 a.m. at Grillo's. Okay, and then we have the Abolish Abortion Rally, 
and that's Wednesday, February 15th, so that's this week, and it's from 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. at the state capitol, and the church bus, will it leave here? It will leave here at 10.30, I'm assuming. Just yourself. Probably money for lunch. It's at 10.30 a.m., be here. 10.30 a.m., the, the bus will leave at 10.30, and they'll probably stop and eat lunch. Okay. And Joe Walters, who used to go to church here, he went through the free road program, started preaching at a church in Kansas City. I want to tell you guys about that real quick. Can I jump in? So Joe Walters, hold on, just slow down here. I'll help you. Joe Walters graduated the freeway program, and I talked to him this week, and he has taken a church in the Kansas City area. So I thought that was awesome that, you know, he was discipled here. We brought him along, and now he's preaching up in Kansas City, and um, we're going to be in contact with him quite a bit and, and keep trying to help him any way we can. But I want to share that with you guys this morning because that's a, that's a huge testimony of uh, God raising up future elders and sending them out, which we're supposed to do. Yeah. Yep, Greg will be getting out sooner rather than later, that's right. Okay, and then we have one last announcement. So young adults, mark your calendars because there's an event, and it's Sunday the 26th at the Curleys. Where are the Curleys? Are they here? Raise your hand, yeah, they're, they're there. <laughs> and then um, they... That's the young adult class, college class, right? Yeah. Says, yep. Yes, they will have lunch after church, then a service event. Put They'll be putting together homeless kits. Do you have any more to say about that? Okay, so Sunday the 26th, Young Adults. That's all we had. You guys are amazing. You want to do this every week? No. No? No, okay. All right. Huh? You're doing what? No, you're not reading the verse till I preach. But I may change the... He's wanting to know, he's reading scripture today before I give the sermon, but the sermon may change on how to deal with tragedy and triumph in your, in your tragedy in your life. I want to get you guys prepared for tonight, right, church? <laughs> Uh, all right, if you would please stand this morning. Let's take up our morning offering and have our time of worship. Join with me in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, again, that we're here today, Lord. We have fun, Lord, because you gave us a, a sense of humor, and we can laugh and rejoice and have fun with one another, Lord, while we worship you. I believe you like that. And uh, so, Lord, I'm thankful that we have a joyous congregation this morning. Uh, thank you for our youth, uh, Lord, again today. And as we take up our morning offering, Lord, I pray that you uh, bless it. Use it to further your kingdom, God, that we'll be able to reach missionary, employ missionaries and be able to reach people around the world uh, with the gospel, God. And, and everything we pray this morning, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
second grade and below can go downstairs to Children's Church if they'd like to. <laughs> Did Ace just tell you guys to sit down again? I'm sorry. I did it twice in a row. You guys can stand up. Thank you, Ace. Yay. <laughs> thank you. For First Kings chapter 2. I want to honor God's word as we read it together. First Kings chapter 2, or not 2, 22. First Kings 22. I, I mean, I, I'm trying to be nice today. And I, I really thought about this week. I should just preach on how to overcome grief and sadness in your life. And, but I'm not. It's youth Sunday, so we're going to talk about youth. 1 Kings 22, 51 through 53. 1 Kings 22, 51 through 53. It says this. Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel and Samaria in the 17th year of Josaphat, king of Judah. And he reigned two years over Israel. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the way of his father, and the way of his mother, and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. He served Baal, and worshipped him, and provoked the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger in every way that his father had done. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, Lord, this morning again that we're here, uh, Lord, to worship you. And I thank you, Lord, for our youth. Uh, for our, our, the next, the future of your church, Lord. And uh, Lord, I, I, I pray this morning that we as parents and teachers and leaders, grandparents this morning, uh, Lord, are setting the example uh, for our children. Lord, that's, it is a huge, huge ministry. It's the most important ministry that you place over our lives. And I pray, Lord, that today we are fulfilling that ministry. Uh, everyone in this room has that ministry. So I pray, Lord, that we're fulfilling that and Lord, being obedient to it. Uh, and Lord, let us learn today from your word. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we do have uh, the opportunity to kind of honor our youth department and, and support them today. Uh, and I personally love youth. Uh, when Joel and Shelly are, are gone, or if they take off, uh, which I encourage our staff to do to get away a little bit, when they take off, Sometimes I get the opportunity to go in and teach the youth, and I love it. I have fun, because b before I came to Crossbridge, I spent about five years in youth ministry. And so I love high school kids. Selena says it's because I act like one part of the time, and there's probably some truth to that, right? Um, but but I, I love it, and uh, it's, it, it's been some of my best years in ministry, uh, getting to speak truth into young adults. And, I, and I, I'll tell you what, I made a lot of mistakes when I was in youth, youth ministry, but getting to share God's word with young people is something truly special. And it's, it's truly an opportunity uh, that most of these kids in our children's department, in our youth department, um, I'll tell you, they, they're never going to forget some of their earliest teachers that they had at, ch at, at church, uh, at, their, at their church. Um, and, and it's very challenging, it's also very rewarding in youth, but I'm thankful for Joel and Shelly this morning uh, and, and the work that they do for our junior high and high school kids. Thankful for Sierra and Olivia and Elizabeth for their work in our children's department. It is behind the scenes work and it's hard work and I really, really appreciated them. Uh, and we are blessed, let me say this morning too, there's, there's a lot of uh, bodies of believers that don't have kids, that don't have youth. 
And so we're very, very fortunate as we, we see our children's department do the Christmas program. We see all the kids involved with that. And we see our youth department and all the youth that go to camp. We are very blessed as a church to have them. But I want to I start today really uh, with acknowledging it's kind of a hard truth about our country and where we're at as, as the American church as a whole. Uh, and we've really not done a great job over the last 20 to 30 years in teaching our kids and in youth departments. It's, it's really not. And I'm not talking about necessarily Crossbridges as a whole. Uh, in our country, we, we see this rise in progressivism, in atheism, uh, and, and in, in, in it just it's getting more and more. And in, uh, I want to quote Cold Case Christianity. It says, The de facto dominant religion among contemporary U.S. teenagers is what they call moralistic deism, which is a God who exists and created and orders the world, but he watches, over, he watches over human life on earth. This God wants people to be good, nice and fair to each other. The central goal of life is to be happy and feel good about oneself. This God doesn't need to be involved in anyone's life except when God is needed to solve a problem. And good people go to heaven when they die. That is the de facto God that many, many youth today in America worship. And so uh, to say that we have a major problem in the future um, is, I would think, to be an understatement. Everything I just quoted there isn't about the God of the Bible at all. It isn't the Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we do? I mean, really, what do we do in the future of youth ministry, children's ministry, as a church, as church leaders? What do we do to try to reach this generation of children that are growing up not acknowledging that there's a God or acknowledging that there's some kind of deity that, or God that's over everything, but he just wants you to have a good time and hang out and be cool and everyone just be happy and sit around a campfire and sing kumbaya with one another, right? That's kind of what they're worshiping. That's what they're worshiping. How did we get here? How do we get here? Well, I, I picked this text this morning, and I've used this before because it's a very, very, uh, it, it's a text that steps out, and it makes you think, man, what, what, are, what, are, what are his parents? So I want to cover this morning a bad example, and I want to I cover a good example. The bad example here is found in the book of 1 Kings. And we see this man named Ahaziah, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He began to reign over Israel as their king. And he was the son of a man named Ahab. And if you've never read anything about Ahab, I encourage you, before your game starts this, this evening, to go back in 1 Kings, a couple of chapters, and read about Ahab. Ahab also had a wife who was extremely wicked, and her name was Jezebel. And they were very, very wicked people. Ahab was full of greed. His wife was a murderer. In fact, you'll read about Ahab having wanting a vineyard. Ahab was king of Israel. He was, had so much stuff. But he looked and he coveted someone else's property, a, a man by the name of Naboth. And he said, I want Naboth's vineyard. So he went down to Naboth and he said, Naboth, I want to buy your vineyard from you. And Naboth said, no. I'm not going to sell it. It's an inheritance from the Lord. It would be wrong if I would sell my vineyard. So he went back to Jezebel. And Jezebel said, what do you, he went back and he was sad. And, and he wasn't eating dinner. He was acting like, I don't know, a spoiled little brat, right? I didn't get my way. And Jezebel said, what's wrong with you, Ahab? You're the king of Israel. You can have anything you want. He said, well, I went down to Naboth, and Naboth wouldn't sell me the vineyard, and <laughs> right? And Jezebel said, don't worry, Ahab, I'll get you the vineyard. So what Jezebel did is she hired a couple of people to lie about Naboth, and they said that he had cursed God and the king, and they took it to the city leaders. And if you cursed God, what happened to you? You were put to death. If you cursed the king, what happened? The king got your property. So they went and lied. And Ahab got the property. Oh, but God was watching, right? God watches everything that we do. And God sent a prophet to Ahab and basically told Ahab, you are going to die and Jezebel's going to die and the dogs are going to lick up your blood, is what he said to him. And, and so Naboth, uh, or excuse me, Ahab and Jezebel, they're very, very wicked people. They do evil things. They worship false gods. They kill people. And then they have a son. They have a son who grows up 
and does the very same thing. Anybody surprised? Nope, nope. We wonder why kids don't follow the God of this book. We wonder why kids get pulled into worship of false gods or going down this path of progressivism. What do they see? What are they seeing? What are they seeing? They may not see it from you. They may not see it from you, church, and I, I pray that they don't, right? But they're seeing it from their lost friends at school. They're seeing it every time they turn on TV. Every time. They see it. And I'm telling you, the kids will follow whatever has the most influence in their life. Whoever has the most influence on a teenager, that is who they are going to look up to and want to get direction from. So that should tell us a lot right here. We have to be the example. Our country as a whole is not the same as it was when I was even a kid or from 30 or 40 years ago. I, I, you can make statements like that and there's these terms now where well, you're just a boomer, right? Well, people can call me that and maybe it's true. But I'm telling you, 30 years ago, we didn't have issues with gender-neutral gender bathrooms. We didn't have those. We, we simply used the bathroom that was assigned to you at birth by God, right? Our country is now more anti-God, anti-Christian than any time in our history. Any time. I'm telling you. And, and, and we're, we're even when we do want to talk about God, we don't want to step on anybody's toes, Tonight, during the Super Bowl, you're going to see a couple of ads about Jesus. Now, that sounds really, really good. It sounds really, really good. But if you actually dig into the organization that's behind those ads, they don't talk about sin and the consequences of sin and death and rejection. They talk about, let's all just be happy and have love in Jesus. That's not a true gospel message. So even... God can work even through this. So I pray that people will look and search the true God through these messages. But they're not going as far as what they actually should. And we, we, we have to be ready to give an answer. We have to be ready to give an answer to set the example. Because if we are setting a bad example in our households, if we are not loving the Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind, and we can't do that perfectly, don't get me wrong. We can't do that perfectly. But if we're not doing that, how do we expect our kids to do it? They're not going to. They're not going to. It just doesn't, our faith and what we believe about the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't happen by osmosis to them, right? It doesn't, they, our kids, look, men, Jesus says, fellas, that you are the picture of Jesus in your home. You are Jesus in your home. That is a huge responsibility. And our kids are going to follow the example that they have. Now that's the bad example. Like you can, if you're, if you're evil and you're wicked, and we see it generational, it's hard to break generations. Isn't it, Mike? We've talked about this. It's hard to break generational standards that when people are evil, you know who can break those is Christ. But you see in Scripture over and over and over, when people are wicked, when parents are wicked, their children are wicked. Well, how, what do we do? What should our response be? Well, there's a good example that I want to share with you. There's plenty of them in Scripture. I love this one, too. It's in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. It says, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, excuse me. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statues of the Lord. Okay, so here's a couple, Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, and they are following God's commands. And they, they, she has never had a child. She's been barren, which in, in the context of the culture there was a very negative thing. It was associated as not being obedient to God, and they, or that God had closed your womb. And so 
it, but they're blameless before the Lord. They are walking in God's standards. They are being obedient to God's commands, right? In fact, he's, a, he's one of the priests. And they're praying, Lord, we want to have a child. And they're praying, Lord, we will dedicate our child to you. Guess what happens in her old age? It's past years where she should be able to have kids. Elizabeth becomes pregnant. And she has a baby. And she doesn't name him. They don't name him after Zechariah, which a lot of times is customary. Guess what they name him? John. John. John the Baptist. John the Baptist. What do we see here? We see an example of parents who love the Lord, who love God, who are wanting to be obedient to God in every area of their life. They spend time in prayer. They're keeping the commands of God. They have a child, and the child grows up and is John the Baptist. Wow. Wow. So we have a, a bad example, and we have a good example. They are godly parents. They're living a life serving the Lord, loving the Lord, dedicated. And guess what? Their son does the same. He does the same. Our lives as Christian parents must be, must be spent sharing the truth of Jesus with our children. Sharing the truth of our word, of his word. Living out that. Not just knowing it, but living it out. Walking it out in our lives. In how we relate with other people. In how we relate with our own families. Listen, I think this is the, one of the most hardest truths I could ever say on a, on a youth Sunday. But if our kids see us worship Jesus on Sunday morning, but live like Ahab the rest of the week, they are going to have a term for us. And you know what that is? A hypocrite. It's a hypocrite. Somebody who really, we're just playing a game. And you know what that does? That actually hurts more than anything. Because you know what that does? That drives them away from Christ. They say, my parents don't even really believe what they go and worship. Because what they live out through the week looks nothing like what we talk about in here. And that, you know what they say? Well, it must be false then. It must not be really true. Why would I want to spend my whole life playing some game on Sunday morning or Wednesday night when I could just go do what I want to throughout the week if it's not really true anyway? You understand? Listen, I, I, I believe this all my heart. The most important mission field that we have is our own house. It's our own house. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it till I die, probably. But if I'm worried about everybody else's salvation and being followers of Christ, and I'm not worried about my own kids or grandkids, I'm failing. I'm failing. I'm failing. So it, makes, it, it brings a question. If my child or your grandchild or your niece or nephew or one of these kids in this church was to walk up to you and say, how does someone go to heaven? How does someone go to heaven? What would your answer be? What would your answer be? Let's be real. I want to be completely real here. It can't be a canned answer. What's a canned answer? Here's some. We must read your Bible. <laughs> well, ask Jesus into your heart. What does that even mean? That's a canned answer. Ask Jesus into your heart. Well, you have to go talk to the preacher. Why can't you tell me, Mom and Dad? I mean, we go every Sunday. Well, you have to be baptized. You have to be a good person. Well, would you tell them to raise their hand for salvation? If a preacher asks everyone to be saved to raise their hand, just raise your hand when they do that. What would you tell them? You know, the, those six things that I just shared here are common things that you see in American Christianity. They are. They're common, very common things. At youth camps, at American revivals, guess where they aren't? They're not in the Bible. They're not in the Bible. 
Listen, I, I just shared all that hogwash that the American church has been saying for decades. And now what's happened is they've raised up a generation of false converts who don't know the Jesus of this book, much less know how to be saved because their parents and their youth leaders didn't. So what do we do? What do we do? First, how do we know that? I mean, how do you know what you're saying is true? Look at our society. Look at society. We see it because, honestly, overall, I'm not talking about Crossbridge, the American church right now, for the last decade, has had zero impact on our society. Zero. Because what's happened? People have fallen away from Christianity. If you ask, if you poll our country, there are more people that identify as not following religion or not religious or an atheist than there are that say they're evangelical Christians. It wasn't like that a few decades ago. It is now. Well, you're just being a boomer this morning. Maybe so. Maybe so. But it's the truth. Listen, I, I, we can't. Now, here's, here's what I want to take a step back for a second. I can't. Denny can't. Max can't. Alan can't. Mike can't. None of our elders can do anything about what anyone else is doing right now in other congregations around our country. We can't. We can call out error. We can tell you about error. But we're placed over this local body of believers, and we're going to give an account for that one day. And I certainly don't want a parent or grandparent here today that could not give their child or grandchild an answer if they came to them about how do people go to heaven. So this is what you do. This is what you do. You live out your faith, and you share the gospel. You share the gospel with them. Listen, when I, you know, one thing I took from one of our parent studies we did was that it was, what was the guy's name? I don't remember his name. It was the one that we did previously from Paul, who was it? Paul Tripp? Yeah. One thing he said is, I wanted my house to be the place that everybody wants to come, right? I want my, I want, hey, you know what me and Selena intentionally try to do? Be the house where all the kids come to. Because guess what they're going to hear if they're around me more than a couple of times or even one time? Hey, where, where, tell me about where, when you were saved. Tell me about where you go to church. Let's have a discussion about eternity. And my kids know it's coming. Sometimes they'll warn their friends. Watch out, my dad. And we, so we try, to be, we try to be the house where kids want to come, right? Now, sometimes I get grumpy. Last night, we had a house full of kids, and it's almost 11 o'clock, and I, I called Savannah. I was back in bed, and they were being rowdy, and I called her, and I said, if you guys don't be quiet, I'm waking you up at 4 a.m. And the house got suddenly quiet last night, didn't it? <laughs> right? But I want, to, I want to be able to speak truth and love into them. Truth. I want you to be able to speak truth. So listen, how do we do that? What do we say? When someone approaches us and says, one of these youths says, how can I go to heaven? Well, the first thing we need to say is, listen, sweet little Johnny or Mary, you're a sinner. You have sinned against God. You have violated a holy God. There is sin that is separating you and God. You are a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm laying out the verses. There they are. They're going to lay out all the verses here in just a minute through this. So write them down if you, need, if you don't know them. Because their sin has violated a holy God, there's a punishment for that. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. So just like us, they have a major sin debt and a major punishment coming. Well, but Jeff, I... I don't want to scare anybody. I don't want to talk to them about hell or I would scare them. We should be scared at the thought of God's wrath against sin. That is a problem that all lost people have, that our country has. They don't realize the wrath of God against sin. God takes sin so serious, he sent his son to die for it. Wow, he takes it serious. Would you tell them, that there is no amount of good that they can do. None. No amount of following God's law that they can do to make up for the sin. 
What is Romans 3.20? For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Galatians 5, 2 through 6, I'm not going to read it, but it talks about that you cannot do work for your salvation. If you try to work for your salvation, you're cursed. So if you try to be good enough, I can be good enough for God to accept me, you're actually under a curse. You tell them that the Lord Jesus Christ came and died for their sins. That on the cross, their sins were placed on him. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you've been healed. You tell them that if they believe that Jesus is God in flesh, died on the cross, rose again from the grave, defeating death, he defeated death and hell and Satan, that if they believe, if they put their faith and trust in him, Profess Him as their Lord and Savior. That's what saves them, faith. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. That is the message of salvation in Christ. That's it. Not, let's call up the preacher. Look, you share that. Can you imagine what would happen if one body of believers, think about this, if one body of believers, one time a month, everybody in here said, I'm going to share the gospel with somebody. Now you may never, you may never see results of that. We don't have to worry about the results. Our job is to what? Sow the seeds. Sow seeds. That's the message of salvation. And listen, when they're in Christ, what does Jesus do? He changes them. God changes them. And now what happens to their desires? They want to serve him. Last point. How do we keep our youth from being lost in this world? How do we keep our youth from being lost in this world? We train them up in Christ. We train them. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. You train them. Ephesians 6.4 says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. So bring them up in discipline and instruction. Listen, that responsibility, it starts at home. Training the child up. What about if we have young people that don't have parents that are believers? We step up. We step up. You, you take one of them underneath your wing. And you disciple them. And you teach them. We as a, a church should be an active force in the life of our youth program. If Joel and Shelley need help with something, we should be jumping up. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 8. I'm going to read it for the sake of time, but go there and look at it today. God's telling them, teach your children. Talk about it when you're awake. Talk about it when you lie down. Talk about it when you're at home and when you're on the road. Write it on your forehead. Write it. Bind it on the doorpost of your home. Everywhere that we go, Deuteronomy 6 says, talk about God. Everywhere. Have an impact in our life. You know, some of the most influential people in my life were Sunday school teachers. People, Sunday school teachers. I, I had the honor of doing her funeral several years ago. You guys remember Edna Schaefer? Edna's a, a saint in heaven now, right? But she was a faithful Sunday school teacher. I mean, we were kids climbing the walls over there. And Edna was just calm and quiet. And boy, when she started talking, though, you wanted to know what Edna was saying. Because you knew that she loved us. And she taught us. And what we stuck. I mean, she, was she your Sunday school teacher too? No? Okay. Were you Shelley's? Yeah. I mean, we, 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 she taught Sunday school for 50 years of her life, probably, to children. It was amazing. She loved kids. Listen, there's a whole group of kids and youth in our church that need to be engaged. A whole bunch of them. The whole bunch of them. They're the future of the body. We need to invest in them. Pour into them. Listen, VBS is coming up. VBS will be here this summer in a couple of months with the children's department. You're going to have opportunities to sign up, to do VBS, to herd cats around a little class, right? 
I mean, and, and be a teacher for them and do that. You're going to have that opportunity. It should literally, when, 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 when Sierra posts the VBS thing to sign up for VBS, it should be a dogfight to who gets to herd cats for that day if we're investing in our children. You shouldn't have to beg people to want to do this. This is an honor from the Lord that we get to teach them. It should be a dogfight this morning, church, to buy one of these $100 pies over here to get to invest in our youth departments. It should be a dogfight to get to do that because we're investing in the kingdom. Listen, I'm telling you something. I'm closing with this. The young people aren't going to remember the preacher. Uh -uh. Very few. I can't think of any sermons. Be honest with you this morning. Complete transparency. I can't remember any sermons when I was a kid that our preacher preached. Not one. Now, did they have an impact on me at the time? Well, obviously, right? But I don't remember them. But I remember Edna Schaefer. I remember Gene Buckner. I remember us wanting to have a Kool-Aid contest, see who drank the most Kool-Aid at VBS. And they weren't cranky and didn't let us do it. They let us do it because they wanted us to have fun at VBS. I remember people that poured into me, that loved me as a youth and a kid, regardless if I was ornery or not, which I was. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. Why is this all important? Why is this important? Well, I want you to remember what they're facing. You're an adult. It's easier as we get older to face things. I want you to remember what our teenagers and high schoolers and college-age kids are facing when they walk out these doors. The bombardment of garbage and evil that they're facing. Listen, the best defense against an evil, sinful world is God's Word. Proverbs 119.11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against God. That's us, church. We take it to him. We present it. This morning, we're going to have an invitation. If you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, I urge you today to not leave here without that. Put your faith and trust in him. Pray for our youth. Pray for our kids. Pray for the ones that God has placed over us, that we're responsible that that's our priority. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. If you need to come, you can come. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning again for your word. I thank you for this time we could gather uh, together. And I pray for our young adults. I th I'm thankful, Lord, for Joel and Shelley, Sierra and Olivia and Elizabeth this morning, for all their hard work that they do with our children and youth. And uh, Lord, bless them for that this morning. And I pray, Lord, that we're a church that's speaking the truth into our next generation. Uh, not, not what they want to hear, not what the world's telling them, but the truth of who you are in your word. I pray, Lord, that we're raising up a generation of young people here in Marshfield that will love you regardless of the cost, regardless of what the world says. That responsibility starts at home, Lord. And when we haven't been doing it, I pray that you humble us this morning. Give us humble hearts. I, I, I love, Lord, that you allow us to do things over. You let us make U-turns. So if we're here this morning, we haven't been taking these responsibilities serious. Lord, all we got to do is get down on our knees and make a U-turn. That's the amazing thing about your grace and mercy. Lord, I love you and I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Was great.
Some of the words of that verse, guys, it excites me so much to know that we have eternity to look forward to, man. When we pin Come here. Stand. Hey, no, no, no. Come here, Oliver. Come here. Stand up right here nice thing. All right. Uh, here's the benediction today. It's 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, and in purity. That's a whole sermon that we'll preach out of that one verse right there. Um, okay. So this is Oliver. Oliver is my little buddy. And, I, you know, I try to have a huge impact on these kids and I try to convert them to Bronco fans, but I'm failing here. I mean, I'm failing here. And Right, aren't I? Yeah. And, and this little guy told me when me and Hunter went uh, to the AFC Championship, he said, Chiefs are going to win. And I said, if the Chiefs win, I'm going to wear a jersey on Super Bowl Sunday of the Chiefs. So I'm paying up. I'm paying up, guys. I'm paying up. I wasn't going to wear it the whole time I was preaching, though, son, just so you know that, okay? <laughs> All right. 
I, I invite you today, please stay. Uh, I'm actually not even going to go outside and shake hands because I want you to stay. We've got so much food. If you can't, I understand, but stay. We're going to have the auction about five minutes after services close, okay? We'll start the auction, and then we're going to eat a huge meal. Jody and Bridget, because I forgot Bridget's name, and I'm going to be in trouble, right? Jody and Bridget cooked a whole lot of food. Um, pulled pork. Uh, pasta salad, baked beans, I mean, they have went all out. So um, stick around. Let's close in prayer. Thank you for coming for you Sunday uh, today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, Lord, today that we're just here, Lord, to worship you. Lord, I, I pray that as we leave here in a little bit, God, that we, we put into practice our faith for our kids. It's, it's so important, God. You gave us a ministry of reconciliation. That ministry starts in our own household. So I pray, Lord, we're living out our faith. For our children. Uh, God, thank you for the opportunity and the ability this morning to be able to support uh, those youth and those kids. And in all things, Lord, we love you. We worship you. Keep us safe today. Lord, if we are in tears tonight, dry our tears. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. You guys have a great day. Five. Please come get a number. Please come up here and get a number.